It's good to see you here. I thought um, the kids did great, didn't you? I thought Jason's song was amazing. Well done, Jack. Can we give Jason a round of applause again? It's, a... it's scary to get up and sing, especially when it's a song you've written yourself. I thought it was fantastic. Thank you, mate. Appreciate it. So, um, Okay, so uh, Mothering Sunday. Uh, I'm excited about sharing this morning. I'm going to share something that's... Uh, happens to me. So um, what I've realized is I think there are three types of sermon I teach. One is where I'm really unpacking the scripture. Uh, one is where I'm talking through biblical processes. So a couple of weeks ago, we looked at how we learn and the four steps to learning, how God teaches us and how we stop learning and stop listening to God. And then the third type is um, once or twice I've got up and basically told stories. And uh, this morning, I'd like to share some stories about what my mother taught me about God's love, if that's okay with you. So um, our parents are super important. We know that. And as much as we think that um, our children's peers and the media really affect them, um, the Huffington Post came out with some really interesting stats recently, particularly when it comes to parenting in faith, um, saying that by far the primary uh, impact, the primary influence on a child's life is the parents. Just a couple of facts that I was quite interested in. 1% of teens aged 15 to 17 raised by parents who attached little importance to religion were highly religious in their mid to late 20s. Uh, but apparently, 82% of children raised by parents who taught about faith at home were active in their congregations. And the uh, Huffington Post kind of summarized all this data uh, with this a um, little um, phrase which I thought was interesting. Um, parents set a kind of glass ceiling of religious commitments above which their children rarely rise. Now, for me, that's quite challenging when I read that. Um, that's quite challenging. So I want to share why I've learned um, about God's love. So first of all, we're going to look at the qualities of God's love. Um, but we have to remember the reason we can experience God's love is because God is love. And because we're made in the image of God, uh, so that others can imagine God who don't know him. So there are elements of our lives where we're, we're showing God's love, where people are experiencing God's love through us. And uh, God's love has a lot of qualities. Love is patience. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. The other way you can say that is that God is patient. God is kind. He does not envy. He does not boast. He's not proud. He's not rude. He's not self-seeking. He's not easily angered. He keeps no record of wrongs. And uh, over my uh, life, um, I've learned through many, many different people. And one of them is my mum. So um, the, this is a picture of my mum and my dad where they met. They met in hospital. Uh, my dad um, fell off a scooter. He was, a, um, uh, I don't know if you, we had over here um, mods and, and uh, rockers in the 50s and 60s. It was a big thing in England. You were either a mod or you were a rocker. My dad was a mod. So he had a scooter. He had a parker. Um, I don't want to go into all that. But anyway, so he came off his scooter one day and uh, he went, got rushed to hospital. He'd broken his leg. And um, in those days, particularly in England, uh, with the NHS, you, you kind of look after you well. And he was there for like days, a few weeks. Now, the story gets a bit blurry here. Um, my mum's version is, it was simply they met and they fell in love. My dad's version is, all the nurses were after him and he chose my mum. That, <laughs> that was his version. And um, I can believe it because, like Ryan said, we take after our parents, and of course, you know. So. Anyway, so uh, they met and they had this kind of idyllic, 
lovely relationship, uh, quite peaceful, grew in love, had a great relationship, and then uh, a tragedy um, uh, hit, and um, can you press that, please? They had me. Um, so I, I broke all that up, uh, it seems. So I was quite quiet. In fact, I was remembering during the choir, I remember being at school, because I can't sing at all, but I was a bit of a loud kid. And I remember at school they had a choir, and I remember that the uh, choir master, he was about to do a parents' evening, and he remember shouting to him, you all need to speak up, you all need to sing up, but not you, Paul. That's what I remember him saying. So I was quite a loud uh, kid, and my parents were amazing. So um, this is a little bit strange, and I've asked people, and I've not met anybody who, who can say this. Uh, in all my years, um, I never heard my parents argue, ever. Uh, which is odd. I don't know if that would be your experience, but I never, ever heard my parents argue, ever. I'm not saying they never argued. I'm saying that they never did it in front of me, ever. So I not once heard my parents argue. I remember when my dad tried to give up smoking. In fact, he did give up smoking. And he obviously, I don't know what's happening in their relationship, but my mum was getting really fed up with him. And she threw some, well, she didn't throw some money. She gave me some money. She said, go and buy your dad some cigarettes. I'm fed up with him. And I was so shocked I tried to use the money to get hold of their best friends because I thought the marriage was breaking up. I never heard her ever raise her voice to my dad or anything like that at all. And um, that, that spoke to me over the years, you know. I, I, I'm fairly good at relationships. There is, I can honestly say there's no one in the world um, that I would cross the road to avoid. Uh, I can honestly say, now there are a lot of people who would cross the road to avoid me, but there's no one I would, seriously, um, there's no one I'm not speaking to in my life. Um, and I put that down partly to the Holy Spirit, because I went through a period of life when I wasn't a Christian and I wasn't a very nice person. Um, so partly the Holy Spirit, but also, to be honest, my, my parents did relationship well. And uh, they taught me and I was able to see what relationship looks good, looks like when it's good. And it's encouraging and kind of reminds me that God will never cross the road to avoid us. I know it's kind of obvious. When we can do lots of bad things and we can upset God, but he, he doesn't get to a place where he won't speak to us anymore. We may get to a place where we won't speak to him, but the minute we knock on the door, the minute we seek, he's there for us, isn't he? So love is patient. That's one of the things I, I learned, which was encouraging to me. Um, look, I'm going to have to ask you guys to press that for some reason. It's not re working. Love is not rude. Um, uh, my mum was never rude to my dad. My dad was, oh, can you go back a bit? Oh, no, that's right, sorry. Uh, love is not rude and, uh, sorry, uh, guys, thank you. Okay, so this is a picture. Okay, my dad fancied himself, as you can tell, just by the pose, all right? So he wouldn't say it now, but I think he's a little bit vain, my dad. So this is a picture of us when we were kids. And um, I remember once saying that I thought my dad was putting on weight. I remember it really well because my mum went berserk at me. I'm guessing now that he was feeling a bit insecure and I'd said it and uh, she took me in the, a different room and she gave me the stripping down of a life. She absolutely told me off. And one of the things that I learned from that about obviously love is not rude and I'm not supposed to be rude, but the other thing I learned about that was that my mum was a, a peacemaker. She wasn't a peace lover and a peacekeeper. She was a peacemaker. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. He didn't say, blessed are the peace lovers or blessed are the peacekeepers. A peace lover, let's say, um, let, I'm going to pick two people. There's Ryan and uh, there's Tom, okay? So let's imagine that Ryan and Tom fall out with each other. A peace lover, who's their friend, me, doesn't want to get involved 
because if I say to, something to Ryan about Tom and tell him to make up, or they might fall out with me. That's a peace lover. Um, Jesus didn't say blessed are the peace lovers. He said blessed are the peacemakers, the people who get involved and try and help. It could be that Tom and Ryan get back together again, which is sweet, or, uh, but they might fall out with me, you know? So that's one of the things I learned about my mum is she was a peacemaker. That uh, If I did something wrong, she didn't, she didn't condone it by her silence. Because I don't think love does. I think love is proactive. And that's one of the things I've learned from my mum. And last week, if you were here, it was great. Thanks for everybody who came out and supported Pat last week. And um, we, we learned, I think, a little bit about God's proactive love. Uh, God is love. And when God's love is inside us, it's not reactionary. It's not we just turn the other cheek. It's that we make an opportunity. We, we see an opportunity to go and bring God's love. And that's one of the things I learned from my mum. Love is, see if this is working yet? No. Love is not self-seeking. So um, this is a little bit of a story that happened when I was younger. So when I was younger, um, we have um, infant schools in England, junior schools, and then high school. And when you go from junior to high school, um, the government basically tells you which school your, your child is supposed to go to. So my mum's mind, she wanted me to go to school A, but they recommended school B. And my mum decided that she didn't want to send me. Now, one of the things I learned about my mum was she was stubbornly loving. So she said, I'm not going to send him to this school. You need to find him a place in school A. And this went on for weeks before I was about to go to school. And eventually she kept me off school. She refused to send me to school B because I had such a bad reputation. So what happened was um, she had the... Um, she had quite a lot of audacity and she got in trouble. And one day she got a letter and I remember being shown a letter threatening a jail sentence because in England at that time you couldn't homeschool. It was illegal, I think. So she was threatened. She got a letter threatening her with a jail sentence. I'm a dad, of course. Uh, my parents would, uh, if they wouldn't let me go to school. Now, my mum was quite clever as well. So uh, they sent her a letter saying, you can go, there was like 50 schools. You can send Paul to any of these schools, but there is no place in school A anymore. So she looked down this list and there was a school called St. David's. St. David's was an all Jewish school that was literally a stone's throw from our house, literally. So she said, I can go. You're telling me I can send my son to any of these schools. And, and they said, yes. She said, okay, I'll send him to St. David's. Well, that was a massive problem because I had been the only Gentile in that school. So the headmaster of that school came to our house twice to beg my parents not to send me to that school. The second time, he actually cried in our kitchen. And then he made some phone calls, and then he got himself, from what I understand, a position on the board, and we got a letter a few weeks into the school year saying, Mr. and Mrs. Gibbs, we found a place in school A. And my mum was stubbornly loving. That's the way she was. She wasn't self-seeking. You know, she could have got in trouble, but she put me first. And that's what love is, isn't it? is you, look, you put other people first. That's always a challenge for me when it comes to potlucks, but you are supposed to put other people first. In other areas, I understand that, maybe not in potlucks, that's what I've learned with brisket, but, um, but I'm hopefully I'm learning that stuff from my mum. Love is kind. Love is kind. What is kindness? That is the question. What is kindness? Is kindness simply saying nice things to someone, or is it much more? So um, when I was growing up, my mum was kind, but she wasn't like a, a lovey-dovey kind of um, girly girl. 
And um, so quite often she, like I worked from the age of 12. I've had a job since I was 12 years old, um, as in job I went to somewhere to do something. So at 12 years old, I stopped getting pocket money or allowance. And at 12 years old, I had a job working for a carpet store. And I would go to this carpet store and I would walk around the area giving out leaflets. At 14 years old, I had a job as a golf caddy. And literally, I was a little skinny boy, as you've seen from a couple of pictures. The, the, the golf bag was bigger than me. And I had to carry this for four hours on a Saturday and four hours on a Sunday around a golf course. I hated it for one pound, probably the equivalent of maybe seven or eight dollars nowadays. I used to hate I used to pray, literally, when I became a Christian. I prayed that the guy wouldn't turn up sometimes. I hated it so much. But my mum used to say to me, it's so you value the cost of money. Now, some would say that was child abuse nowadays, wouldn't they? But it wasn't. It was really, really good practice. It was my mum being kind. Um, if you heard the stories from Pays last week, you'll realise we're quite frugal with money. I think I get that from my parents. And my mum taught me that. I remember one day, um, when I, I don't know how old I was, well, I'm going to guess around about 12, um, I was sent into Manchester City Centre. It was one of the first times I ever went into the big city. I went into the big city. Mum would give me uh, pocket money to get there, and I had pocket money to get, not, not pocket money, I had earn my money to get there and come back so I had a bit of change and when I was in there I lost my money so I phoned my money and my mum and I said um, hey mum I've got no money to get back can you come and pick me up and she said no she said you need to get creative so I thought okay what does that mean so I, I worked out I had just enough money to buy you know postcards are in like a pack of postcards so I opened them and sold them on the streets per envelope and got my money back you know to get, get home and that's the way my mum was and it was kind of really interesting and, and pretty surprising, really. But for me, it seems that to be considerate is to care enough to be and do the best and, and not worry too much about um, how that person is going to feel about you, to be care. You know, one thing we talked about this week to our leaders is, do you know the one person you can't lead? Do you know who the one person is you can't lead? The one person you can't lead is the person you're afraid of. You can't lead that person. If you're afraid of the way they react to you, if they're afraid they'll be upset with you, if you're afraid they're going to leave you, you can't lead that person. And love is not fear. And there are many times when I think many, I would have as a parent thought, but because I'm a parent, it's not. I'd have thought, oh no, I can't say that to my children. I can't challenge them with that because what if they react? What if they get upset with me? But actually, love eventually is understood, usually. That's why I found it, well, at least. So the one person you can't lead is the one person you're afraid of. And I've learned that kindness uh, is not about neediness. It doesn't have to have love shown back. The reason God loves us is not because we love him. God loves us because he is love. And even when we're not loving him, his love is just going to come through and touch our lives and bless us and encourage us as well. It says this, maybe we could put the next slide up, please, guys. It says, love does not proud, it does not envy, and it does not boast. Um, my mum died when I was in my early 20s. And um, one, one of the strange things uh, is that this is a Blakely crematorium. So Blakely crematorium has three places where people are, um, where they have the funeral service. Uh, one very, very large central um, sanctuary, we might call it, and two smaller ones that fit 100 to 200 people. Um, in all my life living in Manchester, 
Um, nobody's ever had to use the central one because um, it, it fits so many people, um, apart from my mum's funeral. And I've, I've buried quite a lot of people as a minister uh, over the years, and I've certainly been to a lot of funerals. And um, the only funeral I ever went to, ever, uh, when I lived in Manchester up to the age of 40, uh, that was in that central one was my mum. And my mum was just a nurse. In fact, she ended up not being a nurse. She ended up working at a school for physically uh, disabled children. And she was just the nurse. She wasn't even a teacher. She was just there. And I think it's amazing that so many people turned up. And I remember being a bit shocked and surprised and thinking, Why, who are all these people that have turned up to my mum's funeral? But when we, when we have kindness, even though she might not have boasted, it, it turned out she'd affected a lot of people, it seemed. She'd talked to a lot of people. She'd affected a lot of people. Mother Teresa said this, uh, kind words are easily spoken, but their ripples last a lifetime and they go a long way. And uh, when I think about God's kind words, I love what Ryan was talking about, cutting off the things that are being said to us that are not good and remembering the things that God says to us that are good because those things go a long way. And my mum, throughout her nursing career in helping children, um, had obviously made an incredible amount of friends. There were hundreds and hundreds of people at this funeral. And then, uh, next slide, please, um, guys. And then, um, not long after a funeral, we got this letter through the post. This is a letter to my dad. Dear Mr. Gibbs, as you know, we should like to commemorate, Dor uh, commemorate Doris by making an annual award to the pupil and student who has achieved most in the area of independent skills. So we went on July the 19th, me and my dad. My dad said, would you come with me? Took a day off work, got to school and did this award, this, the Doris Gibbs Award. So they're announcing this award and then, and then I'm like, well, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> We're going to do this a year award. And then I remember this woman saying, we all remember Doris's philosophy on life. And everybody went, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what philosophy on life? What's going on? And then they talked about this whole thing about area of independence. Uh, as you know, Doris was all about empowerment. She was all about helping others. She wasn't about her own skills. She was all about helping others. And so this year, this year, the award goes to, every year, the, the award will go to the person who comes, because it was a school for disabled and mentally disabled children, uh, the child who most becomes most independent. So that year, the first ever one was given to a little boy who... By the beginning of the year, he was probably about 11 years old, couldn't dress himself. But by the end of the year, he was, he could, he was able to dress himself. And he got the Doris Gibbs Award. And that, that award's been given every year since, as far as I know. It's kind of amazing. So you don't realize the impacts that we're having, do we? Because, you know, what do I do? I make missionaries. I disciple people. I get that partly from God. What I didn't realize was how much I got that from my mum. So that's another thing. I think what God's love is more than just saying nice words, keeping relationships nice. It's about empowering. It's about caring. It's about being proactive. And sometimes I think the world's version of love is not a great reflection sometimes of this agape love, this love that God has for us. So the next two things are a little bit more difficult for me to talk about. Um, but I think they're good for me to, to share. Uh, the last one even Lynn's not heard about. So um, love keeps no records of wrongs. So the word of God says this. I, even I, am the one who wipes out your transgressions for my own sake. And I will not remember your sins. So um, I became a Christian for 14. For about 10 years, I never really understood what that meant. I will not remember your sins. So God forgives us. 
He doesn't forget what we've done. He chooses not to remember what we've done. So um, my mum was not a Christian. Um, so even though I learned a lot of things from my mum about God's love, she wasn't a Christian. Um, I'm completely convinced that Jesus is the only way to God. For me, Christianity is not a crutch because I think about the ones that I've loved who've died as far as I know without Christ. Um, so I, I never go to my mum's um, grave uh, and I, I chose not to remember the date. I know it sounds weird. Most of you now thinking, Paul needs to go to have some kind of counselling or something. Uh, but I, I purposely chose, just because it was too painful, not to remember the date of my... I, don't even, I can't even now. I used to know, but I've, began, I've, I've, I've not remembered it so often now I can't remember it at all. I know it sounds weird. This is weird, isn't it? I know. But I've chosen not to remember uh, the date or even the year of my mum's death. Unfortunately, somebody mentioned it once, and now I know the month I can't get it out of my head. <laughs> So I know the month that my mum died, but I can't. I can't. For me, um, that's because it's so painful to remember and to think about what that means. And um, I think that's the same with the Lord, because the more you love, the deeper the love, the deeper the pain, right? Uh, if you just fancy somebody like them as a kid and you know, they break up with you, it's sad. But if you're deeply in love with someone as an adult uh, and something happens to them, it's, it's a deep kind of pain, isn't it? The more shallow the love, the weaker the pain. It doesn't hurt as much. In fact, you can probably tolerate things a little bit better. But if you love someone very deeply, and in, if they do anything to in any way betray you, it's very, very painful. And I think that's how God feels about us. He loves us that much. It seems to me, this is my understanding, this is the bit I can relate to. It's, he chooses not to remember. It's just so painful to him that we would betray him or hurt each other. And he chooses, he has not forgotten, but he chooses not to remember it. It's, you know, for me, I'm always trying to find ways I can relate to God, because um, I'm certainly not like God or godly. Uh, but, but this is one of the ways I can relate to God. I can feel what it must feel like, I think, to choose not to remember. And if you don't know the Lord this morning, if you don't know, that's how much he loves you. He loves you so much that our sin pains him. It's not that he's angry. Uh, us in that sense is that it pains us him so much and he's chosen not to remember which i think is a an amazing wonderful thing so i mentioned my mum's uh, not a christian and yet if you remember the huffington post said this parents set a kind of glass ceiling of religious commitments above which their children rarely rise so how does that work for me because my mum wasn't a christian we didn't talk about god at all at home in fact, my, my dad don't remember this, but the day I got baptized, on the way home, my dad said to me, I don't want us to talk about that ever again. So we never talked about religion in our house, and yet I'm like a member of the God Squad, fully paid up. So what's going on there? What's the key? I, I think when we look at that statement, let me read it one more time. Parents set a kind of glass ceiling of religious commitment above which their children rarely rise. We focus on the wrong word. We focus on the word religion. We don't understand the power of commitment. So uh, my mum never taught me about religion, but what she did teach me was commitment. And, and our relationship with God is so much about commitment. So the things I learned about God's love was not the religious stuff. It was what commitment really looks like. My mum, in that sense, modeled to me what someone's commitment looks like, looks like to someone they love. 
And for me, that's incredibly, incredibly powerful. Um, I often say this, but our beliefs do not transfer, our passions do. Uh, our beliefs don't transfer, our passions do. And uh, I hope Joel don't mind, but I want Joel's 18th birthday. And I think I said the same to my other son, but especially to Joel, because Joel's a bit like me. We get a bit obsessed with stuff and uh, it's good to be passionate. I remember saying to Joel, you've got to keep that passion. you just got to choose something in life that's worthy of it. You've just got to choose something in life that's worthy of your passion. When God wanted something that was worthy of his love, of his passion, he created you and he created me. It's kind of cool, isn't it? And uh, I think that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And lastly, it is not easily angered. It is not easy. This is my mum telling me off when I was a little kid boy. Um, it is not easily angered. So I've never ever told anybody this before. Even Linda doesn't know this bit. So I've never told anybody this before. But um, so um, when when I was smaller. Um, I have a little bit of regret. So just before I say that, God is not easily angered, but we have to ask the question, is that how we see him? So I was really glad that Ryan started off with a good, good father because um, a lot of writers, Christian writers, will say that um, the way you see your father will affect the way you see God. So when I used to do schools work, I realized very quickly I couldn't stand up in a class of 35 young boys at the school I used to go to and say this, I could not say, God wants to be like your father. Because that meant, or God wants to be a father to you. Because God wants to be a father to you meant 35 different things to 35 different boys. To some it meant, oh wow, God cares about me, God loves me, God wants to look after me. For some it meant, yeah, he's made me, he's not interested, he's not interested in now, me now. For some it meant, yeah, he's angry at me all the time. And I think even for us, our relationship with our dad, for some of us at least, has an effect on the way we see our Heavenly Father. And sometimes that's what I think Ryan was also talking about. We have to capture that and realize that God is a good, good father, no matter what our fathers were like, because none of our fathers were perfect. But, but something happened that I, I regret. You know, when you go to a funeral, there, there are certain things most of us regret. Sometimes, sometimes we're sad because of the person who's being buried. Sometimes we're sad because it's reminded us of somebody else we love. Um, and usually we have some kind of regrets. And, and my regret is something that happened when I was about seven, eight years old, I think. Um, I, I don't know what age I was. But I remember, um, so my mum wasn't girly-girly, and I'm not girly-girly either. Uh, but I remember getting really upset when I was about seven or eight years old and going up to my mum and saying, I'm really, really sad and crying. And she put her arm around me and she laughed. Now, you and I know that she probably thought, oh, that's so cute, and she laughed. In my head, I thought she was laughing at me. Um, and since that time, I don't think I ever told my mum how I was feeling again. I don't think I can remember. So I never cried. I think. So my dad says, uh, my mum said to my pastor just before she died, she said, I'm a bit more worried about uh, Joel. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm a bit more worried about Phil, my brother. I'm not worried about Paul because someone's obviously looking after him. My dad said, um, you sailed through adolescence, Paul. You sailed through adolescence. And I thought, I didn't, it's just you don't know what happened. I didn't sail through, I, I, I would consider my childhood the worst years of my life. I didn't sail through adolescence at all. Um, I just never told you what was going on. And I never told you what was going on because I misunderstood what my mum did when she laughed. Does that make sense? She's probably just, now I know, she probably just thought, oh, that's so cute. 
in my mind, it really affected me. I thought, oh, wow, she's laughing. And I felt embarrassed. I thought she was calling me a sissy. And I thought about this, and I was thinking about this um, a few years ago, and I thought, you know, um, number one, we have to not misunderstand who God, he's not easily angered. He's not like our heavenly parents with all their failures. He's perfect. And my last thought on that uh, this morning was this. Uh, learn from my mistake. If you want to be an instrument for God, you have to let him in. You have to let him in. Uh, and um, when I was praying this morning about this, I, I, I added that whole thing about not walking over the road because I felt maybe there's someone here this morning who just dropped on my heart that you need to know that God will not cross the road to avoid you. He's not embarrassed by you. He's not, not wanting to talk to you. He will never, ever cross the road. No matter what you've done, no matter what you're thinking about him, he's happy to see you. He's happy to see you this morning. Don't shut him out. Don't shut him out. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us this Mothering Sunday as we remember uh, God's love um, again. Just as we close our eyes, I'm just going to read over that passage of Scripture. Remember, God is love. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Bless his name. Lord, we thank you so much um, for your goodness and your love. And we thank you for your kindness. Let's just meditate on that as we just, um, which, what thing is it about God's love that you need to be reminded of this morning? I'm just ask Ryan just to come up. Ryan, if we can sing that new song again, just one more time quietly, that new song. Let's just, as Ryan's coming up, maybe just keep our eyes closed and just ask that question. What is that one quality of love, God's love, that we need to be reminded of this morning? What's that one quality of love that we need to be reminded of so we can show it to others, whether that's our children or others this morning? Are you easily angered? Do you lack patience? Is there something, sure something for all of us that we need to remember this morning? Lord, we thank you for the mothers that we've had. We thank you for the ladies that you put into our lives. We pray a blessing upon them today. We pray you will bless them so much for their self-sacrifice and their kindness and their love. And Lord, this morning we also pray for ourselves that you would give us an understanding of how powerful your love is for us and how we can be instruments of your love in our community, we pray. In your name we ask it, Lord. Amen.